Welcome to the Business Collective Podcast with Terry Fletcher. Weekly conversations and insights on how to go from employee to consultant in any business field where your years of expertise can be showcased. Take your career to the next level, entrepreneurship. Now here's your host, nationally recognized healthcare consultant, speaker, and author, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business Collective Podcast. My name is Terry Fletcher, and I want to say Happy Easter, Happy Passover, whatever you are celebrating this past weekend, and good Monday morning. It's a Monday mindset, uh, Monday motivation, and that's why I like to drop the podcast on Mondays. I feel that as an entrepreneur, as someone that is really trying to get you focused into moving forward and into something you love that is your passion and turning that passion into a business that you own, that you manage, and that you facilitate, and it's all yours. So as we look forward into this week's episode, I wanted to focus on choosing the right name for your company. Now remember, there are more than 6.7 million trademark applications to date, versus the mere 171,476 words in the English language. So you'll have to be a little bit careful, and I wanted to give you some guidance because I've seen some good names and then some not so good names. And so when you're looking at these um, possibilities, choosing a great name for your company, it's really much trickier than most founders first believe. I know I actually went into a rebranding on this. The best brand names wander into our subconscious unnoticed. They can be assimilated uh, smoothly into different parts of our lives. They can take on real meanings. So, you know, whether you're talking about jumping into an Uber, going on a Tinder date, or WhatsApping a friend, think, see what I did there? There's all kinds of names that don't just sneak into our sentences, but they stick in our minds, and they roll off the tips of our tongue. And so there's still more to a great name than just being memorable. It needs to be solid. It needs to have impact and offer the right foundation for a company to build upon. And if this wasn't enough, a frequently overlooked factor is the fact that the perfect name needs to be available. So starting back in the early 1900s, you could choose just about anything without running into too many problems. And actually, when I first uh, got into my own business as a side hustle, as I mentioned in my episode two, um, I came up with a name called Physician Reimbursement Services. I thought this was a cool name. Uh, Back then, you put an ad in your local paper, and it just had to be a small ad saying, is anybody using this? And then you had to wait 14 days, and if nobody came back and said they were using it, then that was your name. And that's all you had to do, and you had to save that little thing. But then I found out, and that was before internet, okay? So, well, the internet's been around a really long time, but Google has not. Google's only been around since 1998, believe it or not. September, actually, it launched in 98. And so when I think of the internet, that's what I think about, that we really didn't use it before then, not as we're using it now. And so when you're dealing with some of these uh, names and applications over the last, you know, 30 years, modern companies really need to think outside the box to find names which not only stick, but won't end up initiating that cease and desist letter saying, you can't use this. So when coming up with a name for your startup, your service business, your rebrand, your product, or just about anything else, uh, it seems like endless ideas are out there. But despite the millions of great and the not so great company names out there, the majority of great names can fit into one of five categories. Usually it's clever, classic, 
pragmatic, modern, or emotional. And these categories are considered styles. And the style of your business name controls really the perception of your brand, which is more important because your name is built on the gut perception of the audience. So the immediate reaction that your name elicits will have a huge impact on your brand and in the end, your business. And they're not the same thing. Your name is where you start, your brand is what you build. And you build it like you continue to try to build your reputation and what how people perceive you uh, in the industry. So for example, consider how various shaving products are branded. So the art of shaving is a business that offers a luxury approach and their name conveys this through its classic style. But on the other hand, you've heard of Dollar Shave Club. So that takes a more pragmatic approach conveying the brand's affordability and practicality. Then there's another brand called Billy Razors and B-I-L-L-I-E, so the female spelling, and they have a more modern and fun approach using a first name to convey the brand's approachability. And then also that a female may be choosing what they want a male to look like, or it could be used for females. So though these, these businesses sell products in the same industry, through their name, they take different approaches to their branding. And that's a huge, massive, actually, business impact. So each name style presents various advantages when it comes to naming your business. So let's take a look a little bit at each category that I mentioned to see what could be good for you and that this will make your brand explode rather than your brain actually. Number one is know your audience. So avoid choosing a name that, you know, bombs. Brands should start on the right foot by first identifying what they want their name to represent about their brand. So start with a clear idea of exactly what message you want to send and whom you want your brand to resonate with. And that'll help you first choose a style. So are you going to be preeminent, playful, pragmatic? Is it going to be modern? Is it going to be powerful? Or is it going to be intriguing? Which would be the North Star, basically, that you're going to look at through the sometimes windy roads of choosing this, this name for your business. So an example, if you're selling consumer-based products and your target consumers are millennials or Generation Y or Zs, you will have a bit more flexibility to think outside the box. So intriguing names like Urban Decay, or I don't know if you've heard of the company called Squatty Potty, that was one. However, if you are a corporate company aiming for baby boomers, then you would be smart to choose something a little bit more classic and a little bit uh, more strong like Stone Eagle Advisors or Zenith Capital, something to that effect. Uh, Once you have a clear idea of who your target audiences are and then what you want your brand name to convey to these people, then you can choose really what uh, brand style you want and that should encompass both of those answers. So then you want to create a one or two sentence project statement. Keep your name efforts laser focused and start with, you know, with the right foundation. So different ideas and images to convey your name, which are inherently linked to your brand. So instead of focusing on the descriptive element, so what you sell, focus on expressing one or two other core concepts that are essential to your brand. So culture and values, what's going on in the world right now. So for example, if you're a food delivery startup, your ideas would convey images of healthy living, ethically sourced products, or great customer service and quick delivery times. Uh, One brand that steps out to me is Zappos, one of today's e-commerce success stories, because you can e-commerce means you're buying it online. They whirled up a modern name, which um, depicts speed, 
but also connects to the Spanish word for shoes, zapatos. So that was huge. Also, Fairway. This is a physician loan program, but the connotation is that most physicians golf. Whether they do or not, that's what you think of when you think of the word Fairway. So it's a played on play on words, but it's spelled F-A-I-R way. So also to reflect fair and reasonable rates and help. So absolutely speaking to the majority of the audience they wanted to reach. So while experimentation will figure into what you're doing, and especially at the early stages of the process, you'll find that as you're thinking about this, less is definitely more. So instead of starting off with a whiteboard resembling, you know, a scene from a beautiful mind where you're just pulling your hair out, try to hone your ideas down to three to to six of the words or themes that are most essential to your brand. So if you can do it in one word, that's helpful. But what are themes that are most essential to your brand? Think about what Nike says, you know, just do it. Impact, you know, that that is also a marketing firm. Um, McDonald's, loving it. So, you know, they're trying to appeal to those themes that really bring out kind of an emotional side. But also know your danger zones. Once you and your and your staff, if you have a staff or your team, once you figure out, or if it's just you, figure out your style, your themes, and you have your purpose clear in your head, now it's time to get out your coffee and your lab coat and really start experimenting. So, but before you're trying out different names, you should know some areas to avoid. So with so many trademarks out there, the freedom to use almost any particular English word is becoming slim. So there's some danger zones. So single English words, be careful and always check. Power words like force, united, omni, icon. Symbolic words like bridge, spring, sage, rocket. So sometimes those can be taken already. I know that um, LeBron James, for example, he tried to get something trademarked for Taco Tuesday. Well, everybody used that. But for example, I went in and got trademarked hashtag Terry Tuesday because my other podcast, the Codecast podcast for the medical industry, it comes out every Tuesday. And so I had t-shirts made and some merchandise made and uh, coffee mugs because I would think most of us drink coffee that are, or at least tea that are in the industry that I'm in in healthcare. And that was a, a really big thing. And I was able to take two common words, you know, Terry, which can also mean Terry cloth, the way I spell it, I spell the male version, T-E-R-R-Y. And then Tuesday, which is just a day of the week, but it, it had a nice ring to it. And I put a hashtag in front of it. So I was able to get that trademarked. But also think about the current climate. I had someone ask me to look at their website the other day and their business was named TransMed. Okay, well, the current climate. I made the assumption that maybe they were doing coding or billing for the transgender community. Nope, they are a transcription service. But you can see how that could get lost if you're a little bit too general or you don't explain it within the name if you're doing a play on words. Now, I've also seen something that I don't like, and this is as positive as I want this podcast to be in the Business Collective. I just want you to be careful as far as using certain words and certain things that create fear in people that... um, Especially if you're if you're not doing a true crime prod- podcast, this is no reason to do something like what I saw this morning. So LinkedIn had a new company pop up, and they are literally just two weeks old, and it's called COVIDMD.MD, and this was basically it popped up to get physicians to invest in a telehealth platform. 
Talk about using the current pandemic name as an opportunity to raise capital for a company that had no contact information, no credibility. But when I went and searched it out, it was from a foreign offshore company and it, it had the places place of India. So just a way to give them money, but it was very suspect to start. So I would just be cautious of that. Be very careful when you see things like that. But again, just because you can't sometimes use a standalone word doesn't mean you can't combine words for something original, like I mentioned the uh, Terry Tuesday. So types of names that some powerful brands have done. So DataMap, that's a big data consulting company. LoanSpring, online microlending. Per, uh, Flirt Perfect, that was a dating app. And so compounds and transmutations of words are great. And we always recommend that name shoppers say the words out loud to make sure they stay within certain guidelines. And you also want to make sure that somebody can say it without feeling tongue tied. So you want to get creative. I know some people tend to want to get out there and get a little bit weird about it. Just try not to get too cute about it because it may just come back to hurt you in the end. Because remember, at some point, you're going to have to have a website and things like that. We're in the digital age. So there's things that have to be created off that that name you create. So when I talk about transmutations, like Spotify, Blumio, Grammarly, um, some of these real word mutations with an added suffix or prefix, they've exploded in popularity. So starting with your list of obvious keywords, get themes and ideas, get out your thesaurus, think of a slang and use maybe a horizontal thinking strategy. Then you want to come up with a second, more creative and unique list of words based around the same themes. So looking for a more modern touch, if that's your company, the suffix I-O-A-F- I, okay, so IFY, ITY, and YA are your best bets. For companies aiming for a more classic, sophisticated air, suffixes like EUS or IAN may be more suitable. So you're, you're looking to basically play on those words. Compounds like Snapchat, YouTube, WordPress, Facebook, PayPal, think of these, or even my podcast, Business Collective. Now I had to hyphen that word for my website search at business-collective.com, but that's okay. So we're trying to um, look at things that will have really powerful sounding names, which sound like global brands rather than mom and pop stores. So think Digital Fueler or Growth Quest. So only limits are your imagination. You can keep going with that. Then there's this and that names. So think of hollow notes. I just took you back to the 80s. Doubling up can create some killer combos that simply might not work on their own. But generally the best this and that names do not use descriptive elements related to actual products. So for example, you're not going to see an accessories company branding itself as zippers and leathers or patches and purses. I mean, you might, but to me, that would be silly. So I can only give you my best opinion on that. And later down the line, when your creative, you know, juices are flowing, and you've created a short list of potential brand names from transformations, now you need to kind of throw them out to people and say, how does this sound to you? And try to also ask people that are in your demographic, as your target market, not just your family, because sometimes they just like what they hear instead of really understand what you're doing. 
Now, here's the other thing I mentioned before that when I first started out years ago uh, in my business, which was in the late 80s, I had a company that was called Physician Reimbursement Services. It It included a billing service for medical providers. But back then, again, there was no internet per se. There was not anything you had to worry about called the SEO. And now in the digital age, you know what that is or should know. That's an acronym that stands for search engine optimization. And that's the process of optimizing, again, your website to get organic or unpaid traffic from the search engine results page. So in order to do this, search engines will scan or crawl different websites to better understand what the site is about. Now, every business at some point needs to have a website, but I'm going to talk about that in later episodes. But just so you know, that's how people find you now. Just an example, I have a friend who owns a simple t-shirt company and decided uh, not to continue her website anymore, but she still has this company. And my daughter who works for, uh, is an eighth grade English teacher, she works for a local school and wanted to use her company because she's been a longtime family friend uh, to do spirit wear for her softball team because she's also a coach. And the high school said, sure, you can use whoever you want, coach. And she was going to be able to generate her thousands of dollars in revenue. But the one thing that the high school needed to see was her website so that they could look at design options. Well, she said, I just have samples in person. I decided not to keep up my website, which is not hard to do. And they passed. So the digital age age means that you will be searched out and you need to have something that people can look at. And so when we first start talk about the name, then we'll get into branding websites and logos at some point uh, in the Business Collective podcast. But right now we're just talking about the name and want you to be make sure that also when you're looking at a name, because it will tie in to how somebody searches for you. And when I say that, I mean, on the internet, everybody just grabs their phone nowadays, if they want to find someone or something or a service, or even an answer to a question, you just basically say, hey, Siri, or hey, Alexa. And so you have to have something there where you can be searched out. And one thing that I mentioned before, as far as when I started at, uh, with my business, I changed it because as soon as I realized that I had name recognition, I also wanted to make sure that when people Googled me or found, tried to find me, they could put up Terry Fletcher or Terry Fletcher Consulting. They could find my website, my podcasts, and the services I offer. If you're not at a point where name recognition is there yet, and if you're a startup, you're not. So you want to also think about the alphabet. So using a name that starts with the first letter A, B, C, anything in the first five letters of the alphabet can also help you. So if you're a medical consulting um, firm, for example, or you want to start one like I have, uh, you, then you use the name and one of my friends does this. She's actually a fellow colleague, Alpha Coding Experts. Well, she has the A, that's a strong name for Alpha, but she put in what they actually do, Coding Experts, so you know where her base is. But she's still a young company, so I can understand why she went with more of a company name than using her own um, personal name. But again, when you're looking at this, it also has to do with SEO, again, the search engine optimization. So how do you want people to find you as you are trying to pick this name? And how do you want people to look you up? If they're on their phones, and they pull up Google, they pull up Safari, or they're pulling up whatever they use to search, what are they going to search? And so you have to really understand what your name entails. 
So to recap what we've been talking about, number one, understand your business. Before deciding on a name, you should have a clear idea of your business mission, goals, target audience, and value value proposition. If you've already created your business plan, that's a good resource for you to review because you can pull that information from there. What does your business stand for? What product or service are you selling? And then again, who is your target audience? And then number two, think of descriptive keywords. So once you know the core focus of your business, take some time to brainstorm keywords to describe your business. With a few descriptors of your business and brand, you'll be able to identify and reflect on the image that you want to create. So just an example, If you're starting a photography business, words like camera, snap, shoot, capture, lens, those are all good starting points for your business name. Then choose a name style. So name styles, how do you plan to create a unique name? So you can use the keywords in your business name. Um, You can include the company founders like I did, use a single word, change, add, or remove letters from keywords, combine two or more words, use a metaphor, create an acronym. And then tell a story. So what does your business name tell the customer? After you've settled on an idea, think about the thoughts and emotions you want the name to evoke. If it doesn't align with the mission and value proposition of your business, then you may want to go back to the drawing board on that and then register your business name. Now we'll talk about that on future episodes, but the US Small Business Association, the SBA, they've been in the news lately, um, they can help you determine which registration process is right for you. That is not something you have to do right away, but it is something you do have to think about to make sure that you are registered and also start with a trademark research. So you want to look and see if anybody else has used that name and uh, that'll get you started. So hopefully this is giving you some excitement. You now get to really think about your business name as we move forward into changing you from an employee to an entrepreneur and going through the journey. So everyone make it a great day and thank you for listening to the Business Collective Podcast. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business Collective Podcast. Drop us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our website and blog at www.business-collective.com.